0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host Andrew Seifter, joined as always by my co-host Bart Wheeler. And Bart, man, we're we're playoffs are right around the corner, but this week was pretty brutal with the injuries, and that's mm-hmm. something that can really bite you this time of year, you know. It doesn't need to be a season-ending injury when when you're this close to the fantasy playoffs. A guy can just miss two or 3 weeks and it can put you in a real fix. So I uh, I, I'm dealing with some some tough situations myself this week. I'm sure uh, you and our audience are as well.
1: Absolutely, it's not just the injuries. I mean, we're we're gonna do week thir- 14 uh, in a couple weeks. Preview show. We're moving on to week 14 after we do the recap and waiver wire today. And there's six teams on bye. So this late waiver, <laughs> late late uh bye week is a killer. Um. So yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a tough week 14. You might be needing to get into the playoffs with a win and it's tough. It's going to be hard to navigate.
0: Yeah. I don't really understand the rationale with the NFL's bye weeks like why they put them when they do. I mean, there were only two last week and I believe there were none the week before that, if, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. So <laughs> why, like, why wouldn't you just have the same number every week or something like that? I'd, uh, I'm, I'm confused. I mean, there's an even number of teams in the league, so it's <laughs> certainly something you could mathematically do. <laughs> yeah, I know. And
1: I don't know, maybe th- Thanksgiving throws a wrench in things and then, you know, the I don't know. I'm sure scheduling is tough with all sorts of things. They have to work around Taylor Swift concerts and all sorts of things, I'm sure, you know, like,
0: (laughs) but well, just ask Ticketmaster about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, so anyway, we've got plenty to discuss on today's show. And as always, it's uh, Monday night here on the East Coast. We're starting a little earlier than we usually do. So the Monday night game is not even yet kicked off. Uh, So don't expect any takeaways from that game uh we'll, we'll have it in the corner of our eye as we always do but uh, we're going to focus on all of sunday's action as well as thursday and um go through each game for the top fantasy takeaways and then we will move on to what i think is a pretty interesting waiver wire actually um it, it's not necessarily because of the injuries completely but there's some running back situations in flux to talk about mm-hmm. so um yeah, there'll be, there'll be some, some interesting names there as well. So we'll get to that uh, after the, the previews. And why don't we just hop right into it with the Thursday night game?
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, that was the Bills 24 and the Patriots 10. Um, you know, it's not that surprising, I feel like, that this game was uh, a little more low scoring, uh, even with the Bills involved in it. Um, but I thought the interesting thing on the Bills side for me was the the usage of James Cook. Uh, was really – he was used a lot more in this game than he has been at any point up to this in the season. And it wasn't just in the passing game. He actually had one more carry uh, than Devin Singletary in this game. So Singletary got in the end zone. He was fine. But uh, I wonder – I guess my big question is, do you think that this was game plan specific for New England? Because you would expect the Bills and Patriots to pull out all the stops when they're playing against each other. So maybe, maybe they did something different. Uh, to try to catch the the Patriots off guard, or do you think this is a sign of things to come for Buffalo?
1: I don't know. I mean, we've been talking about James Cook for a while now, and he's been getting more and more used. Uh, Naheem Hines, uh, he's been getting mixed in a little bit more, like in this game, than he was in previous weeks. He wasn't just special teams, but every time he, every time Hines touched the ball, it was nothing, you know. <laughs> and and so, yeah, I think I think we'll see a little bit more of a split as we go on. I mean, maybe it won't be totally 50 but. Uh, I think Singletary, you know, getting 50 and maybe Cook uh, getting 40 and Hines sprinkled in a little bit, something like that. Yeah, I I think we can see
0: a little bit more of Cook moving forward. Yeah, I'm really going to be curious to see. I feel like we're going to know a lot more about that after this next game because, you know, one game can be a one-off, but two games is Mm -hmm. a trend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Cook played one fewer snap than Singletary in this game. So, um, and if anything, you would expect – cook to play more maybe if they were behind in a game which they rarely are but um you know he's he was drafted to be a pass catching back and a third down back but uh as you know I drafted him in our dynasty league and I've since traded him but uh but I you know my the appeal to me was that he has that rushing ability like he can run the ball between the tackles if called upon to do that so I thought it was very interesting that they uh, gave him 14 carries in this game and I'll be I'll be very excited to roster him uh if we see similar usage this coming week
1: yeah uh, and i think also for the bills i think it's interesting that mckenzie is still getting worked in he outperformed uh gabe davis when it came to like receptions yardage usage gabe davis had that really sweet you know pass with uh Allen was on the sideline and found him in the end zone so he ended up you know saving his day with that but you know mckenzie's viable moving forward and, and i know he's in my top five and we're going to talk receivers and
0: waiver wire later all right well i look forward to that Uh, And then on the Patriots side, I mean, I was a little disappointed with Ramondre Stevenson's production, but the usage was unbelievable. I believe he played almost every single snap in this game. Uh, True bell cow usage with Damian Harris out. And it was kind of like the least amount of fantasy points you could possibly get from him given that usage. (laughs) He played 98% of the snaps in this game. Uh, So, you know, they're facing a tough defense. There wasn't He actually averaged 5.4 yards per carry. They just didn't run the ball very much. Um, But, I mean, he's a weapon in the passing game. Eight targets in this game. He only had 24 yards, but six catches. So, in PPR, he was uh, perfectly viable. Um, But, you know, I play in some standard leagues, and uh, it was a little disappointing there. But uh, I think with this kind of usage, he could, I mean, he could be a top five running back the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a whole lot else for the Patriots, you know, like, Jacoby Myers is someone who is like a wide receiver three, and he has a better matchup coming up in the desert against Arizona on Monday Night Football. So I think I think there'll be more scoring in general. You know they're going to score more than ten points against Arizona. So I'll be I'll be ranking some of these guys a little bit higher next week or this. week. Yeah, I mean.
0: Myers has been a little bit banged up recently as well. So that yep. that could he was I kind of downgraded him in my rankings this last week just because of that and, uh, out of the that shoulder, wide receiver yeah. three range. But yeah, I mean in, in plus matchups, I still think he can. He can find his way into that top 36, especially in PPR. Yep. Uh, Next game, uh, we'll move to Sunday. Uh, The Browns, 27. The Texans, 14. And, of course, we have to start this discussion by talking about Deshaun Watson. Uh, (laughs) I believe you were off on Watson this week more than I was. So uh, you get the W. I get the L on that one. (laughs) Um, I just – you know, I I think – there's a, I have a few thoughts about it. One, I, he looked bad. I mean, he looked yeah. extremely rusty. Um, like, his mobility looked fine. Uh, but his throwing, like, he was just short-arming throws and skipping them, short-hopping them to receivers that were wide open. Uh, so that was that was not pretty. And I guess it's not shocking, considering he hasn't played in a, a game, a, a regular season game, in almost two full years. Um, mm-hmm. But the the part about it also that we have to remember is, a, they were playing against the Texans, who we know have the worst run defense in the NFL. So you're going to run the ball more there. And I actually did see Kevin Stefanski called a pretty conservative game plan. Like, towards the end of the half, they could have tried to get into field goal range, and they just decided to run the ball rather than than throw it. So I think they kind of knew they had this game in the bag uh, against Houston, and they wanted to sort of um, play a pretty uh, – conservatively, I think. And then Mm -hmm. also there were three defensive or special teams touchdowns by the Browns in this game. So that just really limits the the amount of offensive possessions they have. And you're going to get a lot less pass volume because of that as well. So for all those reasons, it was a a real dud game for Deshaun Watson. Um, But I will say he did seem to hone in on Amari Cooper who more, uh, almost half of his his uh, past attempts went Cooper's way. So uh, I th- I think that's kind of one takeaway we can take from this game.
1: Yeah, I will say I was hoping one of, those defense, uh, one of those defensive touchdowns didn't go back all the way to the house because I was really heavy on Nick Chubb anytime touchdown in this one. I mean, just a great matchup against Houston. And, you know, the, like you said, the usage was there, but he really just didn't – you know, he broke off a couple big runs, just didn't quite get there, and would have been nice if one of those, you know – Interception or fumble recoveries whatever just took it down to the two or one (laughs) they just tackled him, and Chubb could have punched it in
0: I mean that's the thing about fantasy football like when there's these when there is something like that with multiple defensive touchdowns a special a punt return touchdown like Mm -hmm. that can totally shift the game it changes the way the teams play it it changes the amount of uh, time of possession sure just kind of turns everything on its head so I had Chubb as my number one Running back this week, uh, I'll trust the process on that one. Uh, it didn't, it didn't really work out, but that you know that's fantasy football.
1: Yeah, it happened with Washington too a couple weeks before. You know they had a defensive touchdown and I thought Brian Robinson would get his 20 carries and he didn't quite. And it just yeah, that's just kind of how it happens because you know and on the Texan side, Damian Pierce continues to get really high usage. He he's kind of the only Texan you can really trust, uh, although with Brandon Cooks out, Nico Collins you know got 10 targets, had a touchdown. Um, garbage time touch it was total garbage (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah we've had some I mean garbage time points count but yeah you can't it's hard to count on them let's say
0: (laughs) yeah I mean he did get 10 targets you're right so that's that's the promising sign I guess but uh the Texans are one of those teams for me it's just sort of like the Rams like I just I want to I want to go elsewhere if I have anyone comparable you know yep yep all right next game we've got the Steelers, 19, and the Falcons, 16. And uh, I was I was facing Matthew Wright in this game, so I was not happy about that. <laughs> he was kicking a lot of field goals <laughs> in yeah. this game. Um, but from the Steelers' side, you know, I think there's a couple things. One, uh, Deontay Johnson, man. I just, like, 11 targets, mm. five catches, 60 yards. Like, I saw a crazy stat that I put in my article at Fantasy Pros this week. Um, he... Uh, I believe it was from Jared Smola. Uh, he has 105 targets this year without a touchdown. And there hasn't been a player in the last 10 years who had that many targets without a wow. touchdown. So <laughs> like there's do. And then there's Deontay Johnson do like he is seriously <laughs> due, And he keeps getting red zone looks. He's not like one of these undersized slack guys that never gets red zone targets. Like he's had his share of red zone targets and they just keep slipping through his fingers. I feel like it has to happen eventually, but it's, you know, it's maybe his his uh, once every single fantasy manager is benching him, that's when he's going to go off.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it's close. I moved Pickens ahead of him a couple of weeks ago, and now it feels closer after a game like this because Pickens just didn't hit the big play. And someone reached out to me on Twitter before kickoff and asked Pickens versus Debo Samuel, and I had Pickens just slightly higher. Um, he had just been trending better, but he just he didn't really do it in this game. And Debo got a lot more usage than I thought. Um so that was the wrong call, but hey, you know, that's these are the kinds of calls you have to make on on Sundays. Us, you guys, everybody.
0: Yeah, I mean Pickens is always gonna see a lot fewer targets than than Deontay Johnson, but mm-hmm. he is that big play receiver. He is that red zone weapon. So um, I'm gonna continue to have those two guys ranked very closely together, honestly. And it's really just you know, I I probably still do prefer Pickens in non PPR and Deontay Johnson more in full PPR, yeah. Um, and then in half PPR, it's really a, a, a flip of the coin. Um, also, Najee Harris uh, looked completely healthy in this game mm-hmm. after having sort of a mysterious abdominal injury that some of the Twitter doctors out there were saying could be pretty significant, could be a hernia. People right. were talking about him maybe even missing the rest of the season. And then Mike Tomlin comes in and says, "No, it's not. It's not a big deal." You wonder, okay, I mean, he's pretty much a straight shooter most of the time, but is that really possible that he's totally fine? Well, it turns out Mike Tomlin was telling the truth. Najee Harris was totally fine. Uh, takes on his usual workload. Benny Snell did play ahead of Jalen Warren, uh, which was sort of interesting. Um, if you're looking to handcuff yeah. Harris, but uh, it looks like Harris is back, um, right, picking up right where he left off prior to the injury.
1: And Warren was coming back from a, a hamstring injury himself, so that could change you know as we move forward. I, Warren was looking pretty good a couple of weeks ago, so that's that true, although change.
0: Snell has been looking decent as well, and I feel like he's yeah. kind of he's a more similar style of running back to Harris, so I could see a situation where Snell's kind of like the replace the handcuff for Harris, and Warren kind of carves out a different type of role if that makes sense,
1: yeah. I think on the Falcon side, you know, we we saw what we saw pretty much see every week uh, with the running back split now with Patterson and Algier, but Drake London getting about a 50% target share is pretty nice. I actually benched him in a league um, because it's just, he's just been so frustrating. But coming, you know, they have a bye this week and when they come back, I I hope that 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 continues because who else are they going to throw to, right? I mean, let's turn Drake London loose the rest of
0: the season, right? Let's do it. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking last week. And then he had that dud of a game, I I thought once Pitts was gone that, Maybe London could finally uh, start being a little more consistent, um, but we'll see. Maybe this is the start of it finally happening. Uh, I will say that Algier actually played more snaps than Patterson in this game, so that really is truly a, a 50-50 committee right now.
1: Yeah, and keep an eye out for Desmond Ritter when they come back. You never know. There's some rumblings. Uh, Arthur Smith was asked about it, and depending on what their record in and record is and what happens in this game tonight, you know, they might just say, sure, let's turn it over and see what we have.
0: Yeah, what do you think that do you think that would be a good thing or a bad thing for the rest for a Drake London or for a uh, Tyler Algier or Cordell Cordero Patterson? I feel like the
1: I feel like the game plan will almost stay the same as far as run heavy, um but if they just if they stick with the targets, I mean, I don't know. I think it'll be pretty even. Like I don't see it being worse than Mariota, honestly. Do you?
0: Well, they I it shouldn't I don't think it would. I agree with you. I don't think it would affect the run game very much. I wonder about the passing game. Like, it's a low-volume passing attack, but I do feel like Mariota has played solidly this year, and um, yeah. it, it's kind of—I I think it adds a little a little risk, but also a little upside, because if he and London have— if Ritter and London have great chemistry, then maybe that's the key to unlocking him. So, yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I don't know. I, could, I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Uh, next game is the Bears uh, falling to the Packers, 28-19. to uh, Bears got off to a nice start in this game with— Justin Fields uh, looking just fine, scrambling for a, <laughs> what was it, a 55 yard touchdown yeah. run. Um, but I think the interesting thing with Fields is that they didn't actually have that many designed runs for him in this game. Uh, I saw that. I, I believe Adam Levintan, Levitan had that on Twitter or uh, Ian Harditz. They might have both had it, actually. And it's, um, I think he had three designed runs in this game and it had at least five in every game over the last 5 or 6 weeks before the injury so mm-hmm. and usually getting closer to 10 um, yeah. so you know i think that's really important for his fantasy value because it was he was fine in this game because of that one play but like and he actually threw for more yardage than he usually does but uh, <laughs> i think that like the the key to fields being a must start qb1 is is the designed runs so you hope that after the bye he's he's fully healthy and they go back to uh, what was working so well before the injury.
1: Yeah, would totally agree with that. And, you know, I was happy to see Cole Komet get seven targets. I think he's someone I would keep an eye on through the bye if you need to, like if you're in the playoffs and you've been struggling with tight end all year, I think Komet is, is someone who people might drop um, just because of roster space and crunch, whatever. So uh, this is an important week to, to see who gets dropped, uh, you know, on, on Tuesday night into Wednesday and then pick them up Friday, Saturday, or whenever, however your waivers work.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Chase Claypool um, briefly left this game with, a, I think it was like a knee injury. It looked Mm -hmm. really bad when it happened, but I think he returned to the game, and it sounds like like he's not going to miss time at any rate. So uh, he should be fine coming out of the bye. They they have a kind of tough schedule and low-volume passing attack, so got to keep the expectations in check there. But he does look to be their number one receiver.
1: And I wouldn't worry about Aaron Jones on the other side. He kind of got dinged up a little bit too uh, in this game, and A.J. Dillon was looking good. And they just kind of stuck with them. So, you know, Packers get a buy as well. Uh, So I think, you know, A.J. Dillon has looked good the last couple weeks. So I think it'll be maybe a little bit more of a split. But with Rodgers being, you know, not too healthy himself, maybe they just lean on the run game a little more. And, of course, Christian Watson will continue to score touchdowns because that's what Christian Watson does. I think he's got (laughs) seven
0: in four games now. so Eight, because he had a rushing rushing touchdown in this game as well. So keep it on rolling with Watson when he comes back. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I equated him in my article to Gabe Davis because it's like he ha- he doesn't have more than four catches in any game this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that means he has a pretty low floor. If he doesn't come down with a long pass or a touchdown grab, like he could have a dud game. But um, but he also can have those weak winning performances, and this was actually one of them. And uh, he, he's had a, he's had a couple of those already, and. Um, they have a very nice schedule during the fantasy playoffs too. So uh, I think Watson might just be able to ride this heater all the way through the end of the season, which is pretty exciting if you got him off the waiver wire. Uh, And I will agree with you about Dylan. I mean, that is kind of the key point. He looked good because he's had some opportunities here and there earlier in the year and just didn't look good. And it made it an easy choice to just ride Aaron Jones. Um, But you know, this is this was the theory with Dylan in past seasons. Like the weather gets worse, it gets colder. <laughs> yeah. You run the ball more. Dylan's a bruising back. Uh, second half of games when defenses are tired, he can just kind of run over them. Um, so I mean, running over the Bears is one thing, I guess. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I you know I feel like he's at least worked his way back into that RB three flex consideration at the very least. Maybe not quite RB two yet, but uh, he's trending up again. Agreed. All right. Next game, we've got the Lions 40 and the Jaguars 14. Uh, the Lions <laughs> held up their end of the bargain for the shootout. Uh, yeah. Jaguars, not so much. Trevor Lawrence got hurt in this game. He did return, but uh, he he was a bit of a bust this week. He did not uh, light up that Lions defense like fantasy managers were hoping.
1: No, and I, I thought that injury looked bad. I thought he was done for the day. Kind of, I mean, almost in a different way. You know, we saw Derek Carr a week ago get hurt early, and I thought he was going to be done for the day with, like, a rib injury or something. This one was a knee. Man, I thought he, the way he got twisted, I thought he's done, maybe done for the year. Who knows? But then, you know, he came back, and he was scrambling after that. I'm like, okay, Trevor Lawrence is fine. Like, oh, to be that young and to be able to just bounce back. <laughs> like, I would be out on the – I'd be, bring the stretcher. I'm out of here. These guys <laughs> are pretty amazing, you know. Obviously yeah, professional sure. athletes and young. But,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it was Travis just ET. kind of a, a bust day for the Jaguars. I mean, Travis Etienne, yep. also very disappointing uh, numbers. Really, Christian Kirk was the only only Jaguar that, um, that did their part for fantasy managers, and uh, he just continues to show a terrific chemistry with Lawrence. Um, you know, we've seen some big Zay Jones games recently, uh, but let's not forget that Christian Kirk still is clearly the alpha in this passing attack.
1: Oh, yeah, and they played Tennessee this week, which, I mean, you can throw against them. We'll talk about that game against the Eagles coming up uh, a little bit later. But, yeah, I mean, Christian Kirk, he's been an auto start pretty much every week. Um, Yeah, for Detroit, you know, Jared Goff, we were talking about him versus someone like a Deshaun Watson, and, you know, Jared Goff just, he he does better at home, and this this wasn't a tough matchup, so I wasn't going out on any kind of limb ranking Jared Goff as like a borderline start or anything. But, you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown is amazing, uh, more so than Christian Kirk even. I mean, he got, he got hit hard on a catch and stuck it out. He ended up with over 100 yards, uh, two touchdowns, double-digit targets. As long as guys like him and Christian Kirk are getting like 8 to 12 targets, I mean, that just – I love that. <laughs> I mean, that's what you like. They're they're, they're pretty much wide receiver ones uh, as long as they're getting the, the target share. I think Christian Kirk earlier in the year didn't get that at times, and that was just a blip on the radar.
0: Yeah, with Amon Rott, and Goff, for that matter. I mean, I feel like Goff, I still don't really trust Jared Goff, but it's sort of like when the when the conditions are favorable, when he's at home, yeah. when he's facing a, a bad defense, and when Amon Ross St. Brown is healthy, because Amon Ross St. Brown has dealt with a couple injuries this year um, that have not really caused him to miss a ton of time, but they've just sort of made him less effective, I think. And when he's not 100%, like Jared Goff's play really falls off, I think. So uh, Amon-Ra looks to be all systems go. Recently, he's on a tear. Um, I believe I, I wrote about this in my article this week as well. Over the uh, over the last four games, he's averaging nine catches for 108 yards, and he has three touchdowns in the last two games. So uh, he's he's doing something similar to what he did at the end of last season, where he just. Uh, won a lot of people their fantasy leagues um so he's he's definitely an every week wide receiver one and that does that does lift golf uh into that streaming conversation when when uh they're at home and and facing a, a beatable defense like Jacksonville and then well, the other big takeaway on the Detroit side is that DeAndre Swift actually mm-hmm. played more snaps and had more carries than Jamal Williams um which is interesting something yeah. Uh, It's only the third time all year that Swift has played more snaps than Williams, and it's the second time since week two. So the first two weeks, Swift was the lead back. Then he got banged up, and he never really got his starting job back until just now. So that's interesting. I mean, Williams is still—I wouldn't bench him in fantasy leagues uh, unless you have really strong options because he's still an amazing bet to find the end zone in any given game. Uh, But it does look like Swift— is trending up and to the point where you might consider ranking him ahead of Williams. Uh, you know, if he's going to play more snaps, Swift is definitely going to be more uh, dynamic and produce more yards per touch, you know? So it's sort of a similar situation to the the Cowboys where Swift is the Tony Pollard and Jamal Williams is the Ezekiel Elliott.
1: Yeah, I, I think the snap shares there, they, they were blowing out, uh, you know, the Jags. I mean, they were up pretty much the whole game. So I'd, I'd have to go back and see, you know, kind of who got maybe more first half snap, half snaps, second half snaps. Swift um, got more
0: first quarter, more half. Yeah, because Dwayne McFarland was posting about this, and somebody questioned that, made the point you're making, and he responded yeah. and pointed out Swift was playing more of the entire game from start to finish.
1: Well, the, I might I might have to pull in an Andrew and rank these guys back to back because you're right. I mean Jamal Williams finds the end zone every week. He was. <laughs> Pretty much, he was one of my anytime touchdown bets, and he always will be. Um, they play the Vikings this week, so we'll have to talk about Jared Goff in the waiver wire. And uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sitting uh, Jamal Williams and Swift. Yeah, becomes kind of like we just talked about with AJ Dillon, You know, in the right matchup, um, I think you're starting Swift now for sure, and and more so than, than AJ Dillon Probably. Yeah, I the think way so. To, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yep. And then one other quick takeaway here. Uh, everyone was getting pretty excited in the fantasy community about. Jamison Williams, the talented rookie, returning mm-hmm. for this game, but um, there was a trend of of Dan Campbell really uh, working players in very slowly when they first mm-hmm. are coming back from injury. And Jamison Williams barely saw the field at all in this game. Uh, if anything, the guy that is trending up right now, I think, is DJ Chark, and he had five yeah. catches for 98 yards in this game, and he's a pretty good player too. So. Well, I know everyone loves to always, you know, get excited about the rookies. I would, I would place my bet on DJ Chark over Jamison Williams uh, for rest of season fantasy value.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I might even rank Josh Reynolds over Jamison Williams rest of season, but I'm with you on Chark. It's, you know, Jamison Williams, it's a long play. They're not going to want him to get re-injured. Um, they're, they're, they're going to mostly be in a in a lost season here in a couple weeks, I'm sure. But this is this game against the Vikings will be interesting. I mean, Detroit is not out of the playoff picture just yet.
0: Yeah, I, I I feel like they're going to use Jamison Williams as like kind of a one-dimensional uh, mm-hmm. big play threat, you know, like sort of like a two-two Atwell or a uh, Deshaun Jackson, or, you know, one of these guys that like you just hope they hit off, they hit for one big touchdown or something. Yep. You know, it's not going. I'm not sure the path is really there for him to be a high volume receiver this season.
1: Yeah, agreed
0: there. Yeah. All right, next game, Vikings outlast the Jets, twenty-seven to twenty-two. Uh, I guess we'll start on the Viking side since they won the game. Um, I don't, you know, with the Vikings, we, we, as usual, there's just not a lot of takeaways here. I mean, they were facing a tough defense in, in the mm-hmm. jets and, uh, really it was kind of a down game for the passing game, uh, which I sort of expected from Kirk cousins, uh, not to have a big game against the jets. And he didn't, uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, even, even in a tough game, he ends up putting up some fantasy points, but. Uh, really, I don't. Yeah, I don't have any huge takeaways with uh, with the Vikings.
1: No, I mean, I, I'll just mention. it. We'll get to it in waiver wire. But Alexander Madison, <laughs> he actually scored here. He is just top handcuff that you want to have. And we mention it like probably every podcast now to make sure he's he's on on your roster if he's on the waiver wire. Um, Absolutely. I think for for the Jets, you know, we've talked about Mike White recently. He threw for three hundred and sixty nine yards. Um, so this Vikings team, you know, you can pass against. We saw Mac Jones pass against this team. The Jets had some nice long drives. I mean, they even had a chance to, you know, punch it in and win it uh, really, you know, toward the end of the game. So uh, it was a good, close game even toward the end. And uh, Zonovan Knight, who was the big waiver wire pickup, had 15 carries. I think he's carved out a nice role even for when Michael Carter comes back. I think Michael Carter, you know, I guess Zonovan Knight fits into that Brees Hall role nicely, right? And Michael Carter, I think, can be more the passing down back. And, you know, Ty Johnson's still going to be worked in a little bit. James Robinson, I don't know. I mean, like, I think Zonovan Knight has earned a spot here to get maybe 30%, 40% of the work, even when it's kind of all these guys uh, are healthy. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't call it the Brees Hall role. I'd call it the role they wanted James Robinson to take. uh, But it just hasn't worked out with James Robinson. Uh, I think they envisioned when they, you know, when Brees Hall went down, they envisioned getting James Robinson and, and pairing him and Michael Carter mm-hmm. uh, with Robinson maybe being more of the, the grinder back and uh, Carter being used more in the passing game. Um, but it turns out Knight's got more juice, at least in the Jets estimation, uh, than, than Robinson does. So yeah, I would expect, again though, remember the Jets have pretty much gone with a three-man committee <laughs> for big yeah. stretches of the season. So that's, that's the other variable. Like... Um, cause if it's a two man committee with Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter down the stretch, like, I feel like they're both going to be fantasy considerations, especially considering, um, it's a pretty favorable playoff schedule that they've got going. Um, but you know, if it's a three man back field, that's always more, more problematic. So we'll have to see. I I'm, I'm tentatively feeling pretty optimistic about Knight, uh, and Carter as RB three flex types for the fantasy yeah. playoffs right now.
1: And I promise you I'm not going to recommend Elijah Moore when we get to the, the waiver wire portion of the show later. I know the last couple of weeks I've been excited about the possibility of him coming out of the bye week um, as, like, a not someone to start, but someone to see what happens, you know, and stash him, uh, see what happens. But not anymore. This is the Garrett Wilson show. And, uh, you know, Corey Davis had 10 tar- tar- targets in this game as well. So I think Elijah Moore, the usage just isn't there. Uh, so I'm done wish casting there. I think he, mm-hmm. you, can, you can drop
0: him, and I wouldn't recommend adding him. Yeah, I jumped off that bandwagon a, a week or two before you did. Um, but his his actual, you said the usage. His usage actually wasn't that bad in this game. It's just uh, he only caught uh, two of his six targets. Um, he is playing just almost as many snaps as Corey Davis. So that's, if you want to be optimistic, then that would be your course <laughs> of action. But I think mm-hmm. it's just, a, this is the Garrett Wilson show. I mean, this guy yeah. is a stud. Like he's looking like a true, like, you know. He was playing in a game with Justin Jefferson, and I feel like that's the path that Garrett Wilson is on right now. Like he yeah. he is on a Justin Jefferson style breakout path, um, and and all it takes is a is a serviceable quarterback like Mike White to make it happen.
1: And depending on how re- the rest of the season goes, I mean, he might be offensive rookie of the year. I mean, if he keeps trending this way, and if Mike White keeps throwing him the ball 10, 12, 15 times a game, he could end up being that. They could have the offense. I think he's actually and, the
0: favorite at this point. Yeah,
1: they could be the off. They could have the offensive and defensive, you know, uh, rookie of the years there.
0: Yeah, and they would, and Brees Hall would have been the offensive rookie <laughs> of the year. So the, the Jets uh, drafted pretty well this year, <laughs> I'd say. All right, next game. Uh, it was a tie, Giants and Commanders. <laughs> twenty twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and so is this game. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's kind of what we expected, I think, from from these two teams. Uh, you know, NFC East battle with a lot on the line. Both teams with pretty solid defenses and kind of ho-hum average offenses. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was a more defensive-minded game. Uh, and, you know, Daniel Jones did some scrambling. Uh, Darius Slayton continued to sort of be the lead receiver there for the Giants. Uh, Barkley, again not not rushing for a very high yard per carry average. So it was kind of more of what we've seen I think from the Giants. Um the, the so, you know and then with the, the Commanders it's just like a it's like every other week it's going to be Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson and there's just really it's there's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's not based on matchup, it's not I I can't really see any trend that's going to predict which of these two guys uh is going to get more touches in any given week.
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned the tie and I think watching i watched a good amount of this game like at the end of the half you know the giants were down 13-10 and then just kind of played for the field goal it felt like you know to go into halftime and then at the end of regulation it kind of had that feel it had the feel of one of these world cup soccer games in the <laughs> in the group qualifiers where it's like you know England and US were both kind of fine to have a 0-0 draw and then they both get out of the group kind of deal you know that's kind of how overtime even felt like cuz they play each other again in 2 weeks um, you know the, washington has a bye and you know the, i think the giants play the eagles this week so they're going to play each other again in 2 weeks and it's going to be a whole different story i think they're going to they're not going to be conservative when it comes to all right let's play for a tie at halftime let's say and then punt i think Dabol chose to punt when they what was there, like 2 minutes to go in overtime and they're around midfield like
0: that's uh, just crazy <laughs> yeah i don't know if either of these teams are going to get out of the group with uh, with this tie this is ties are the kind of thing that can come back to haunt you uh that's so true they make look back at this game uh, and, you know, in week 18 and have some regrets. Yeah.
1: I don't have any other takeaways for fantasy, though. I think you kind of covered it well. Like, there's, you know, there's... I don't have any else, like, on the on the Giants' side, for instance.
0: Yeah, on the Commander's side, I will say, um, Jahan Dotson actually played more snaps than Curtis Samuel, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And Dotson got in the end zone. He got off to a very strong start this season, uh, at least in terms of touchdowns, before he got hurt. And then he missed... God, it must have been almost two months... Uh, and uh, but he's back now. He's a talented young player. Um, you know he's kind of like the forgotten first round rookie receiver mm-hmm. uh, behind all these other bigger name guys. Um, but he's a good football player. And you know if you're, we'll talk about him in the waiver wire too because I feel like if you're just stashing someone for potential upside, I know they're on bye next week, but uh, yeah. he definitely brings some upside to the table. Yep. All right. Next game. It was the AJ Brown revenge tour. Eagles 35, Titans 10. Uh I mean th- this just was this was cruel. I felt bad. I felt bad for the Titans in this game. It was just uh the Eagles just stomped all over them. Uh Jalen Hurts is unbelievable. I mean, last week he runs for 157 yards. This week he throws for 380 yards and three touchdowns. Like uh he you know in a in a season where Lamar Jackson has either been struggling or hurt and Justin Fields is still learning the ropes as a passer Hertz is he is the Konami code QB of of 2022 um and and AJ Brown you just knew he was gonna <laughs> have a huge game yeah. against his former team and Nick Sirianni just strikes me as the type of coach that would be like yeah I'll get you the ball and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> get you your your touchdown or two and your 100 yards and you know this is gonna happen and uh he you know AJ Brown was so determined he had a 41yard touchdown that got reversed on replay because his his like toes were out just slightly out of bounds (laughs) they come right back on the next play and he scores a 41 yard touchdown on that play so it was just he wasn't going to be stopped here
1: absolutely and um you know miles sanders found the end zone to save his day which was nice but we when we previewed the previewed this show we kind of knew they were going to attack through the air you know miles sanders could have had a, a dud of a game which he mostly did um but we knew that we we didn't know that AJ Brown was going to have this kind of game. But yeah, we we talked about this. I think it kind of played out the way we thought it would. Maybe not as big of a blowout. I thought that, I thought Tennessee would keep it close. I thought Derrick Henry would have a little bit of a better game, but he just couldn't get things going. But don't worry about Derrick Henry. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna rank him as my number one or two running back this week coming up against the Jags at home. I think it's a great bounce back spot for the Titans. And I think you know Traylon Burks is the big one here, right? He had that touchdown early on, got hit hard, left with a concussion. So the way we've seen concussions this this season is guys typically miss a week or two. So I wouldn't count on Traylon Burks this week. And it's going to be hard to really trust any Titan receiver without Traylon Burks.
0: Yeah, he was really breaking out. And hopefully it's just one week he misses and he can kind of pick up right where he left off. He made a fantastic catch to, to haul in that touchdown and take that hit and hold on to the ball. It was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there will be better days ahead for the Titans. Like Traylon Burks could, could – uh, he could be – an AJ Brown type in time but it's it's a lot to put on his shoulders to expect it in year 1 uh but he's certainly breaking out and and Henry yeah i mean Jacksonville's a decent matchup and then he gets the Chargers mm. and the Texans uh in the fantasy playoffs so uh it, you know don't don't panic on Derrick Henry <laughs> like yeah maybe he's hitting an age cliff fine but he's still going to be able to tear up those defenses oh absolutely it's
1: it's coming we're gonna see some some prime derrick henry here in a couple weeks
0: yeah and one other quick thought on the eagles just devonta smith target yeah. share just has been really solid since uh dallas goddard uh went down so uh you can feel pretty confident about starting devonta smith at this point i yep. think agreed all right next game ravens 10 broncos 9 Ugh, snooze fest. lot to just dis- well <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to take away from it, though, unfortunately. That's true. Uh, That's true. You know, not really on, on the, the Broncos side. I think we can pretty much just avoid talking about the Broncos. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> I, the only thing I would mention is Greg Dulcich. I, I will say I stuck with him uh, when a lot of other people jumped ship. I uh, You know, he was my number one tight end waiver pickup last week, and he did have a good game, six catches, 85 yep. yards. So. Uh, I would definitely be going back to the well with him in the waiver wire, but let's move to Baltimore. That's where the big story is here. Lamar Jackson leaves in the early in the first quarter uh, with what they're calling a sprained knee mm-hmm. and you know John Harbaugh at first says he's either day to day or week to week and now it's pretty clear he's week to week. Tyler Huntley comes in and you know this is one of those teams that actually does the logical thing which is have a backup that's similar to your starter. I mean, a lot of teams yep. like with running quarterbacks have like a have, have a standard drop back passer as their backup <laughs> and I don't understand it. Um Colt like McCoy. Tyler Huntley can come in and run the same offense, you know. So yeah. so there is that.
1: Yeah, you got like Colt McCoy for Kyler Murray. Like what is that? What kind of sense does that make? But yeah, you're right. Like we're we're going to have to talk Ky- Tyler Huntley when we get to waiver wire as well because I read your article earlier. I thought the the good stat that you had in there was like, I, th- I think he's had over 40 rushing yards in each of his starts, which, you yeah. know, he gives you that Marcus Mariota floor. Like, he's going to be someone you want to pick up and look at his schedule, uh, play the matchups. Definitely in super, super flex. I will probably spend the rest of my fab to try and get him in Scott Fishbowl. So just see what happens, you know, in, in leagues like
0: that. Yeah, and he gets Pittsburgh next week. So I think he's immediately in the conversation as a quarterback streamer. If you're somebody that's been starting Jimmy Garoppolo or, Lamar Jackson even, you know, yeah. like I I think you can look at Tyler Huntley as a viable option. Um, sure. The, and then the running back situation is just so frustrating with Baltimore. It's like we just need to quit this, you know? Like <laughs> it's just Gus Edwards comes off the injury and immediately is the clear lead back last week and then this week he he doesn't find a lot of running room early and they they basically just ditch him, you know? And they go to yeah. Kenyon Drake. They go to uh well they didn't really go to Justice Hill, but Uh, You know, it's just been a revolving door at running back all season for this team. And outside of like Drake having one or two big weeks, it's mostly just been uh, frustrating and and not met expectations. So I think if you can possibly avoid starting any Ravens running backs the rest of the season, that's probably the, the wisest course of action
1: yeah i mean jk dobbins could be back next week like you're not going to start any of these guys especially with dobbins back you're not going to be able to trust any of them for at least a week or two i mean you can stash one and see what happens if maybe it gets more clear in a week or two but yeah you can't start any of these guys right now
0: yeah it just hasn't been clear all year so it's like no we're in week 14 now if it's still not clear (laughs) like i don't i don't think it's gonna get more clear when jk dobbins comes back (laughs) yeah that's probably right yeah all right next game We've got the Seahawks 27 and the Rams 23. Uh, This game was a lot closer than I was expecting. Uh, Rams kind of stuck with them, even though they didn't do a whole lot offensively. Um, But, you know, the the real head-scratcher on the Rams side is that they decide to feature Cam Akers instead of Kyron Williams at running back. And they're both young guys, so, I mean, if they're in evaluation mode, maybe they want to give Akers one more shot. Uh, Yeah. But... Uh, You know, I thought they had kind of turned the page on Akers, so (laughs) like several times, honestly. So, this was just surprising after Williams led the backfield last week in snaps to see them decisively turn towards Akers. I think he played 73% of the snaps to 27% for Williams. So, uh, just a head scratcher. Uh, I don't know if we can trust it. I mean, Akers did score twice in this game, but he only averaged 3.5 yards per carry. Seahawks are not a good run defense, so it was a, it was a good matchup. I I just still kind of don't want to start any Rams if I can possibly avoid it.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about this one in waiver wire, too, because we, we really have to, because Akers is available in a lot of leagues, and you're right, this one's kind of messy. Uh, it looks a little more clear at least one week this week uh, than the Ravens that we just got done talking about. So we'll see. Um, the Seahawks side, it's, it's pretty clear. Geno Smith has been solid all season. He had a three-touchdown performance. You had a good call uh, with... Tyler Lockett over DK Metcalf and they had very similar stat lines but I will say Lockett had 12 targets to Metcalf's eight so you know you're starting both of these guys but I remember when we did the the preview you said you liked Lockett a little bit more than Metcalf so I'll give you a a win there as just yeah I liked him
0: one (laughs) catch and one yard more yeah and four (laughs) targets so
1: there you go exactly
0: yeah yeah uh and then of course the other big news you know, this was mostly a week of quarterback injuries, but the Kenneth Walker injury is significant as well. Yeah, uh, it's apparently a pretty unusual injury. He uh, jammed his ankle, is is how Pete Carroll described it, and uh, apparently that is literally what happened. Like it just his his leg kind of pushed down into the ankle and did some damage to the surrounding area. So it's not considered a sprain technically, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, it does sound like it's not it's not going to be like a long term injury, but it's certainly something that could keep him out for a week or two, uh, maybe even three. Um, So we, it's kind of unclear right now what his status is. Uh, You know, Carroll is notoriously over optimistic about injuries, so um, I would expect Walker to miss this coming week. Uh, The problem is, Travis Homer missed this game uh, with a knee injury. Uh, DJ Dallas was also hurt in this game. And then Tony Jones came in and he got concussed uh, or it looked like he got concussed and um, had to leave the game. And they had declared DJ Dallas doubtful to return. And then they brought him back in because they had no running backs left. I mean, Tony Jones was their fifth string running back behind Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas. I mean, it's just, it's a mash unit for Seattle uh, but next week, I mean, one of these guys is going to get double-digit carries <laughs> if Kenneth Walker can't go.
1: That's true. I mean, but we, I, I'm probably going to like five running backs when we get to talk about waivers more than this situation, just for, like, the reasons you said. It's 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 unclear. The Panthers are coming off a bye. They're, they're a solid run defense, and then they play the Niners the week after that. I mean, I'm not going to want to play any of those guys against the Niners <laughs> in Week 15. Not so. the Niners.
0: The Panthers actually are better against the pass than the run, so... It's actually not that bad a matchup, but I I agree with your main point. The problem is we don't know who who the lead back is going to be, because I kind of feel like Travis Homer could come back, and I think DJ Dallas will probably play, so I could see it being a committee between those two, and that's a lot less interesting for fantasy.
1: Yeah, and we could have a Najee situation where he leaves and he ends up being okay, and uh, then you, like we had Benny Snell, we talked about Jalen Warren, and then it was neither really. It was Najee, so we could have Ken Walker. I mean, I kind of hope we do. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> so we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, just watching the injury. I mean, it didn't look that bad, but he was clearly limping. So yeah, I would guess he misses a game. But yeah, we'll never know from watching what Pete Carroll has to say. We're just gonna have to. <laughs> we're just gonna have to wait to see who's declared active and inactive. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, next game, it is the 49ers 33 and the Dolphins 17. Uh, this game has so many storylines, it's like almost overwhelming to cover everything. <laughs> uh, but I think the first storyline has to be Jimmy Garoppolo lost for the season with a broken foot. You, you really have to feel for the guy. I mean, he, he acted with so much class uh, handling this entire situation where they went out and and traded up to draft his replacement Uh then they didn't end up trading him he stuck on the roster and had to you know take it professionally even though he had led this team to a uh, super bowl and um yeah he he finally gets the opportunity he plays really well like I think Jimmy Garoppolo played some of the best football of his whole career this season yeah uh and it was going to be really fun to see how far he could take this team but we don't get to see it he's done for the year Uh, and his future with the 49ers is very much in doubt yet again. Uh, you know, Sunday morning, they were reporting, Ian Rapport was reporting that they might, you know, re-up this relationship for 2023. And now it's really hard to know what's going to happen with that. But Brock Purdy comes in and quits himself pretty well. 210 Mm -hmm. yards, throws two touchdowns. Uh, they, they, you know, we're past the trade deadline, um, there's not a lot of options for quarterbacks uh, right now. I mean, Baker May- Baker Mayfield just got waived. Uh, yeah, maybe they maybe they can claim him. I don't know, but there's a lot of teams in front of them in the waiver priority, um, and he stinks anyway. By the <laughs> way, I think Brock Purdy is probably better. So, Mister Irrelevant in the draft. Uh, it's just a it's just a crazy situation.
1: Yeah, I had to look up Brock Purdy. I obviously, heard all the Mister Irrelevant stuff. Had to look up that he you know went to Iowa State. Um, yeah, I think I think the Niners will hold you know, just hold Pat with what they've got and with Purdy for rest of the season. I don't see them picking up Baker Mayfield. Of course, as I'm saying that, like someone might be listening to this and that could be old news, but I don't know. <laughs> I just don't see it. Um, but you're right, that's that's the biggest, you know, biggest thing here. I think the other storyline that I think was interesting here is Mike McDaniel, you know, who talked about revenge game with A. J. Brown and he brought his running backs with him. And he didn't do anything with them. You know, they couldn't get the running game going, and we just got done talking about you know San Francisco. Like they're a really good defense, and especially against the run. I mean, they're 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 tough. Uh, so they just really couldn't get things going. But it was Mostert who got more more of the carries. Um, had more, I believe, more of the snap share. Did Wilson get the start? And then they kind of hot handed it with Mostert um, because I, didn't I don't really even see. know if
0: he technically got the start. But I mean, it, Mostert was playing from from very early. I mean, I I don't. I don't really know exactly what to make of it. Uh, I mean, first of all, you mentioned it. The 49ers have, outside of the Patriots, I think they have the best run defense in the NFL. Uh, the Dolphins were also missing two starting offensive linemen for this game, yeah. so that doesn't help. And then, you know, the odd thing is, so Mike McDaniel, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson are all former 49ers, so there's like a multi-layered revenge game narrative <laughs> sort of thing going on. But it was Mostert that had kind of got into a little bit of a war of words um, a re- with a reporter who had, he, he said the reporter had taken his comments about Jimmy Garoppolo out of context. Like he had said something about how to we've got a quarterback here who can really sling it. And mm. um, people were taking that as a slight on Jimmy G who, by the way, I, I can tell Mostert really lo- like, he's very fond of Jimmy G. Like he was doing an interview when he found out that Jimmy G was out for the season and was like visibly upset by the news. So I actually believe Raheem Mostert about that. But regardless, like he got into a little spat with a reporter on Twitter about it. And then Debo Samuel like chimed in and was like, be real Raheem. We know what you were saying or something like that. So I don't know if that played into it. And McDaniel wanted to give Mostert more more run for that reason. Like I'm just I'm kind of grasping yeah. at straws because Wilson had been the clear lead back in the other two games that they had played together. So this really kind of came out of nowhere.
1: I will say I don't think it's going to matter that much because we've been ranking them for the last couple of weeks kind of close anyway, and they're playing the Chargers uh, coming up here, which the game plan is going to be very different than it than it is here. I think. You know they were going to try to attack through the air. They know they they probably knew they couldn't really run the ball. And next, you know, this coming week is going to be very different. And I think you're going to probably be able to start Jeff Wilson and Mostert in a lot, in, in most leagues uh, here in, in Week 14 coming up. Oh, I
0: agree against the Chargers for sure. And uh, you know, we should also mention Tua got hurt in this game, uh, ankle mm-hmm. injury, although it doesn't seem very serious. So unlike Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Tua is not likely to miss time. So so that's the good news there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just just. 49ers are a very good defense and it just wasn't it wasn't you know the the Dolphins had a long touchdown pass to Trent Shurfield on their first play and after that it was a lot tougher sledding the rest of the way um just going back to San Francisco though I do want to mention Christian McCaffrey played over 80 percent of the snaps in this game and mm-hmm. that's big because his his snap rate had been down closer to 65 percent prior to this game uh 80 80 to 90 percent that's in the range of what he got with the Panthers so that's that's encouraging and and it makes me think that maybe the 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 reduced snaps he was getting were not because uh you know they want to lighten his load it was because they liked Elijah Mitchell and they wanted to give Elijah Mitchell snaps you know and now Elijah Mitchell's on IR so uh, Jordan Mason looked fine I mean he looked good behind McCaffrey but he only played like 19% of the snap. So it, it does look like Mason might be the best McCaffrey handcuff, but um, it is once again looking like McCaffrey could be that, that bell cow that, that we all know and love.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just going to be interesting to see how things play out with the receivers right now with, with no Jimmy G Yeah, maybe, maybe Kittle uh, bounces back and is better. Cause he's had some, like he had a really good game, uh, a couple weeks ago, but he's had some stinkers, and I don't know. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be a, a target. Maybe Debo will get more involved. Maybe Debo will get because he had four rushing attempts in this game, you know. So maybe they well, get him what, more involved.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Debo, because uh, Purdy also seemed to really uh, lock in on Debo once he came into the game. Um, you know, Debo, like I we I you know I talked on the show previously about Garoppolo seemed to really like to throw to Ayuk, um, yep. and it seems like Purdy might uh, might be more fond of throwing to Debo or at least uh, in his first game without any preparation to be the starter. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe Debo was running the the routes he th- felt most comfortable throwing, but whatever the case may be, like he was peppering Debo with targets. So that's that's got to be encouraging uh, if you've been kind of struggling <laughs> with the experience of rostering Debo Samuel all season. Yep. All right a lot to cover in that one. Whew. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we I could go on. I could probably yeah. talk about that 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 game alone for an hour. Uh next game this is another one that uh has a lot of interesting storylines. Bengals 27 Chiefs 24 third time in a row that the Bengals uh have the Chiefs number. So Yeah. Uh, that's this is big for real life football. Um mm-hmm. and the Bills were certainly happy to see it uh as well cuz they're now the the favorites to get home field throughout the playoffs in that first round bye um but yeah i mean back and forth game it was exciting just like we expected it wasn't a full-on shootout i would say but um but you know for for the most part uh we kind of got what we wanted uh, it, the the exception i would say is travis kelsey and it was not it was not a big travis kelsey game no uh, so that's pretty rare to see, but I wouldn't take anything away from that, really. I just I think they were devoting a lot of attention to to shutting down Travis Kelsey in this game,
1: yeah, and I think my big takeaway here is Samaji Pirine, You know, Mixon missed his second straight game uh, with the concussion. And so Pirine had twenty one carries, one hundred and six yards. You know, he had six catches for forty nine yards on seven targets. So now, Mixon comes back, let's say next week, we assume uh, next week being this week and, I would assume it would be more of like a 70 or 80 percent, you know, work, workload for Mixon, but you never know. I mean, Pirine's looked good the last couple of weeks, and so maybe it's more of like a 60-40 the first week back or something like that. So just something to be, you know, to keep an eye on as they as they face Cleveland, and that's going to be a, a good matchup, and maybe you can still flex Pirine coming up. We'll see.
0: Hmm.
1: Like for yeah. one week at least.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, it it, it is interesting with concussions because they're you know, sometimes guys go right back to playing their usual snaps and sometimes they ease them in. So yeah, uh, we'll have to see. Um, at the very least, don't, don't drop P Ryan. (laughs) Right. And he's one of the best. He's like an Alexander Madison level handcuff at this point, at the very least. And, and like you said, possibly even more than that. Uh, Jamar chase also back in action. Yeah. Uh, doing Jamar chase things. (laughs) Um, you know, T Higgins got the end zone. So, so you won't complain as a Higgins manager either, but, um, Certainly, uh, you know this is the one A and one uh, one and one A that we've that we've uh, seen earlier in the season is back in effect for the Bengals.
1: Yeah, and Hayden Hurst left with an injury too, so I mean he was getting some targets, so maybe even more, you know, for Chase and Higgins moving forward. Of course, Tyler Boyd's there, um, but yeah, Chase just opens up everything for this offense. We have talked about it before, and yeah, totally agree. Like this is this is huge for real life. You know, the fact that they just keep beating the Chiefs. Um, maybe we'll see this again in a few
0: weeks in the playoffs. I hope we do. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, anything else we want to talk about on the Chiefs side of the ball? I mean, uh, not a huge game for Mahomes. Whatever. Um, yeah. The Bengals have a good pass defense, and uh, you know, right now the running back situation in Kansas City seems to be pretty straightforward. It's a two-man committee, yeah. which is exactly what you would want to see as an Isaiah Pacheco manager.
1: Absolutely, and I think the receivers still. It's it's still a little bit like I mean, Juju is still I think the clear you know number. Two after Kelsey, uh, which is weird to say with a tight end wide receiver, but that's how it is. And then you can't really trust anyone else. I think you know that's pretty much how it is.
0: Yeah, I mean Sky Moore is just not not playing nearly enough to be a factor. Uh, Justin Watson's just not really uh, a special player. And then Valdez Scantling, we just know what he is. I mean, it's yep. it's a few big plays a game basically. Yep. All right. Raiders twenty-seven. Chargers twenty. Uh, I mean. It's, you know, I had to mention this in the lead of my article, like uh, the Raiders have had a disappointing season, but people that drafted their players in fantasy have not. I mean, (laughs) Josh Jacobs is currently the RB1, not not a RB1, he's the RB1 in all fantasy, and Devontae Adams is now the wide receiver one in all fantasy after this massive game that he had against LA, Um, so... They, I mean, that's pretty rare that you see the number one running back and the number one receiver on the same team, but especially a team that's led by Derek Carr. I mean, he's fine, but (laughs) like, this isn't the Chiefs or the Bills or anything like that, you know? Um, So it's just a testament, I think, to this team being in a lot of wide open games. Um, You know, we sort of expected that to some degree with the AFC West, Um, but, you know, their defense isn't very good. So a lot of shootouts, Um, but Adams and Jacobs are both proven stars who are just having uh, among their best years. Uh, shockingly, Adams is actually on pace to finish with more fantasy points than he ever had in Green Bay.
1: Man, that's that's crazy to think about. I'll say for real life, you know, the the Raiders are a resilient bunch. I mean, they, they had a rough start to the season and they've won their last three. This is a game, you know, that you would think the Chargers go in there and win, and they just they didn't they didn't take care of business. And I like Justin Herbert as my number one quarterback this week. I moved him down to two. I actually moved Hertz, uh, Jalen Hurts above him. Uh, I got a little bit, you know, I was like, oh, uh, Lin- Lin- Linsley is centers out. I, I had mentioned that in the preview show. That kind of worried me. And I think the Raiders got, uh, they get five, six sacks in this game, five sacks. I think so. Yeah, that, that worried me. And for good reason, but you know, Keenan Allen, he had a touchdown to him in the second half. So got him going, would really like to see Mike Williams back, uh, to just boost Justin Herbert's value. Cause I've I feel like we're, we're seeing him pick things up, you know, kind of where he started the season when he had all his guys healthy, and he just hasn't had everybody healthy yet. But we've seen Keenan Allen healthy. Hopefully we'll get Mike Williams back next week, and Herbert will be, you know, like a top five fantasy quarterback like we saw early in the season.
0: Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I don't feel like he's really starving for weapons, though, even with Mike Williams out. I mean, having Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer's a good player. DeAndre Carter's capable, Gerald Everett is is a talent and then Austin Eckler is one of the best pass catching backs if not the best pass pass catching back in the NFL. So uh you know, I I at some point we just have to say, you know, Herbert's not not getting the job done. He's not I mean, he's he's playing. I mean, he's a great player. He's going to have a great career, but I don't know if I can just kind of instinctively rank him top five even in matchups like this at this point i mean i just think at a certain point the the body of work for the whole season has to be taken into account
1: yeah i, I mean I'll, I'll definitely look for his offensive line to be healthy <laughs> as well not just the mike williams but mike williams is a special player he can go up and get it he's a big target you know i i think he makes a, a, a decent enough difference that'll it'll have me boosting his value i think this is a week where i saw the great matchup and uh just had him a little high
0: it's not just you, man. I mean, I think oh, oh, everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. been in, expecting more from Justin Herbert than we've gotten this year. But, um, you know, uh, he's still clearly – its he's in that gray area because he's not like – he's not in that top tier of QBs at this point. But he's also right. not in the disappointing tier. <laughs> you know, he's kind of <laughs> yep. like in between <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean he's in the disappointing tier for like people who drafted him, though you know because well he's like disappointing
0: is. the way Lamar Jackson was disappointing. Like it yep. was like you would for expect sure. more, but it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers or yep. Tom Brady or God forbid Russell Wilson <laughs> Ugh, or Matt
1: Stafford. I know there's been some disappointments. He's there's he's been not, a he's lot not. of disappointments. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, and then finally we had the Sunday night game, uh, the Cowboys fifty four. <laughs> The, the Colts 19 and this was actually a close game for most of the game Cowboys outscored them 33 to nothing in the fourth quarter uh I you know I always have to write this article I get up in the middle of the night to write this article so I didn't see yeah. the second half of this game so uh you, you'll have to inform <laughs> me about it if you did happen to catch it but well, um I mean I know that the Cowboys defense is is dominant I I had them as my number one defense of the week and I think yeah. a lot of people did and uh I guess that bared fruit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like I was, I watched most of this game, and then in the fourth quarter, it just started getting out of hand. And uh, you know, my wife and I, we often, well, we all, we always record Saturday Night Live, and we rarely watch it on Saturday night. We often watch it Sunday night or Monday, whatever. I'm like, all right, let's flip this over and (laughs) watch Saturday Night Live recorded. So we, I, I didn't see the last two or maybe even three touchdowns. I mean, they scored 33 points in this fourth quarter, which is insane i mean i haven't i haven't seen it have you seen anything it must be a record it's got to be a record for a fourth quarter like that's yeah i well, would only
0: put them on pace to score what uh 132 <laughs> points <laughs> yeah it's
1: incredible yeah so no i didn't see the the very end i mean we had you had guys like uh it's, i think malik davis had a touchdown late because it was just like yeah in the defense i think there was a defensive touchdown that either got called back or i mean it was just out of hand and matt ryan It'd be interesting to see like what happens with the Colts, you know, with Jeff Saturday there. Will they will they go away from Matt Ryan? I mean, the the guys he's he's been having some some bad turnovers. I know the Dallas Cowboys I mean, this was expected that they would be good here, right? But it wasn't like Micah Parsons had three sacks and whatever. It was a, a team effort and Matt Ryan had a couple, you know, rough picks. He ended up with three. Um so is he lead? I have to look up the stat leaders. I feel like he's got to be leading the league in interceptions by now. If not, he's well. Close. He was earlier in the season. Um, yeah, before he got benched. I know that. So I feel like they. I feel like they might. You know, go to someone else here. Like that could impact people in like super
0: flex leagues who might even be starting a Matt Ryan. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I, I felt that Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan for at least a couple years now. Yeah. Personally, so. I, I think that would be a, a wise move if they're trying to. I mean, let's be real, though. They're not making the playoffs, so <laughs> I'm not sure it even matters. <laughs> sure,
1: right. They're 4-8-1. and one. Um, You mentioned Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, when we were talking about another game. Um, th- these guys, I think these guys play the Texans this week coming up, so you're going to want to start both of these guys. Um, Tony Pollard, I mean, both of these guys have a nose for the end zone, but uh, against Houston, it's going to be hard not to like rank both of them as RB1s, like top 12 running yeah. backs, right?
0: Yeah, I think that I, I think that actually might might be something I'll do. <laughs> um,
1: any other takeaways from this game? I mean, CD Lamb looked great.
0: Um, Michael Gallup, know, John- I think is, I mean, he only had twenty three yards, but he did catch two touchdowns. He almost had a third. I mean, I know in the first yeah. half he almost had one. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think he's back to full health, and that makes him yeah. an interesting player. If, uh, you know, this offense really gets cooking. I mean, the the one thing about the the uh, Colts is that they don't have a bad defense so this wasn't like some you know cushy matchup for Dallas or anything like that but um, but I think that there's a lot of offensive uh, potential in the passing game there and and Gallup is a guy that I feel like should be rostered
1: well he's still 53 percent rostered so we can get to him in the waiver waiver wire we can we can uh, you know fudge numbers on that 50 percent threshold with
0: with Gallup all right good well that's a perfect segue (laughs) in fact (laughs) to the waiver wire discussion let's jump right into it sure and uh as always we will be talking about players who are rostered in 50 percent or fewer of yahoo leagues except when we're not as you said (laughs) uh we will sometimes talk about those guys in that 50 to 60 percent maybe even up to 65 occasionally if we're feeling frisky uh range but uh let's start as we always do at quarterback and i'll let you go first who's your number one quarterback out of the week
1: Oh, man, it's Jared Goff. Um, he's right at that 50% mark, and, you know, he looked great against the Jags. We we talked about on Ross St. Brown, how awesome he is, and he gets the Vikings at home this week. Um, so this is a good matchup against a team that's just bleeding passing yards, and uh, it, Jared Goff is at home. So I will say his schedule after that is at the Jets, at the Panthers. Uh, then he gets the Bears at home week 17. So I think if you pick up a Jared Goff, if you're streaming – I would play him this week, and I would look to play him week 17, and then maybe you have someone else you might want to look at week 15 and 16.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. I have him as my number one pickup as well, I think. Like like you said, it's a it's a really favorable setup for him again this week, so uh, keep riding the, the Jared Goff train, I guess. Uh, yeah. I think it gets interesting after that, though. It's not a great week for waiver pickups, um, which Agreed. a lot of people are going to be looking for quarterbacks, especially – uh in super flex but even you know anyone that had lamar jackson is is going to need to pick up a quarterback uh if you've been rolling with jimmy g you're going to need to pick up a quarterback Um, so if Goff is not available i my next choice would actually be tyler huntley Um, like i said it's a it's a favorable matchup against pittsburgh and i just think huntley has a very high floor because of the rushing ability um and i just i mean i i kind of feel like especially the way Lamar Jackson was playing this season. Like, I think Huntley is basically like 80% of Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, he's he's third for me, but I could I could kind of go either way because Mike White is next on my list. Uh, he's 18% rostered. He was only 4% last week, so he went up, but not enough. But I guess the problem there is he's playing at Buffalo this week. So that's it's not a great matchup, but I do think, you know, if you look at what he's done in these starts, he's, he's throwing the ball all, all over the place. He's, he's hitting his targets. Um, Garrett Wilson's looking like a stud uh, now. Buffalo, you know their secondary's gotten healthy lately, but you know they, they've so it's it's a tough matchup. But I, I do think as long as the weather is not like twenty mile per hour winds or something like that, maybe maybe by Tuesday night you can look ahead to the forecast and make sure it's not going to be some blizzard with wind in Buffalo. But otherwise, I think Mike White is next on my list because then he gets Detroit and Jacksonville, and then at yeah. Seattle after that. Giddy it's up, it's oh, Right? Maybe you yeah. could have
0: Jared Goff and Mike White, and <laughs> you could you know pair them. Well, I, you know, uh, I feel like I have to be higher on Mike White than you. I always have been, and like I can't, this cannot stand. Uh, <laughs> I have Mike White third because yeah. of that Buffalo match. I just think at Buffalo is about as rough as it gets. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're if you need a rest of season solution, like I yeah, I think Mike White is that guy um, yep. more so than Jared Goff um, or Tyler Huntley for that matter. So. Yeah. If you're looking rest of season, I think white is a must add. Uh, If you're just streaming for this week, I do think I'll probably rank Goff and Huntley higher. Although I will say the bills have given up 300 plus passing yards to Jacoby Brissett and Kirk Cousins over the last month. Hmm. Uh, And Goff also went for 240 and two against them. So. Uh, they're not un- unbeatable, uh, but at Buffalo, I mean that's a, a serious home field advantage as well. So, yeah, it's, yep. a, it's, it's a, there's no sugarcoating it. It's not a it's not a plus matchup. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, who do you have after that? Because then it's like I don't know. It's um, you're almost getting into no man's land with the next two or three. Like, so who who do you who would you pick next if it's you're really getting down there?
0: I I would go with Brock Purdy <laughs> nice. uh, against Tampa Bay. I you know I, the way to beat Tampa is through the air. You can't really run the ball yeah. against them. And uh, he's got amazing weapons. I mean, like, you know, this is the thing, like Jimmy Garoppolo was like, a, looked like a star with this team because of the weapons that he had, you know? And I, I watching Brock Purdy play the other day, you know, the last yesterday, it, he looked like Jimmy Garoppolo to me. Like it didn't, it didn't look that different. <laughs> so if right. Tyler Huntley is 80% of Lamar Jackson, I think Brock Purdy can be at least 80% of Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, that's enough to be like a high-end qb2 type I mean it's not you know it's not ideal like if I wouldn't start him in like a really terrible matchup this is kind of like a middle of the road matchup uh I much prefer the the three names we talked about previous but I would take him over guys like Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tanhill because those guys may have like decent looking matchups on paper but uh th- those guys just I don't know especially if Traylon Burks is out I just don't yep I just don't see it with those guys. Like, I don't see the upside really.
1: I agree with Tannehill because I I have him over Tannehill as well. Um, for that reason, like I'm going to assume Traylon Burks is out. Then you have like Robert Woods as your number one receiver, and we saw how that was earlier in the season. It's it's not great. So yeah, I wouldn't count on that. I, I would count on a lot of Derrick Henry this week uh, in Tennessee. My next would be Mac Jones, but mm. it's tough because like you know Mac Jones had a good game against Minnesota. He had a rough game against Buffalo. Um, we saw him yelling at, at his coach on the sideline and things like that, but I'm thinking J- J- Jacoby Myers should be a little healthier with the shoulder hopefully another week, and yeah, they're playing at Arizona, um, and then they play at Vegas, so while the weather's nasty in New England, they're playing on the road in some nice climates, <laughs> you know, where weather's not an issue and fast, faster tracks and stuff like that, so I'm thinking, you know, a lot of dump-offs to Ramondre. He's a great playmaker. Maybe Jacoby Myers and, and company can – Maybe they'll, they'll they'll get two or three touchdowns out of
0: Mac Jones here in uh, the next couple weeks. So uh, he's he's next on my list. All right, he didn't even make my list. I just I, I just don't I just don't see it with Mac Jones. Like I feel like his upside is like being QB twenty or something like that. But I mean, he yeah. did have that one big game against Minnesota. But for the most part, I mean, this season has been a lot. Yeah, and of, I mean, uh, a lot of mediocre performances for him. And the,
1: that wasn't that long ago, you know, and they're like, Arizona is coming off a bye, but like then, again, then he gets Vegas, who's been lit up in the passing game, so I just think, again, we're talking about guys, you're likely not starting in one QB leagues anyway at this point, but if you have to, I mean, I'm going to be starting Mac Jones and Scott Fishbowl and just hoping for the best at this point, okay. but I like, well, then, there you go, so you I like that he's got to look at rose-colored glasses, though. Yeah, and he's got good <laughs> matchups the next couple of weeks, so I like that. All right,
0: fair enough, hopefully, yeah. hopefully our listeners don't have to resort to any of these guys, <laughs> yeah no kidding all right how about running back that's this I feel like this is a kind of juicy uh week for the running back uh waiver wire I mean there's no like slam dunk like plug and play RB1 type or something like that but um who who are you uh going with as your top pick? I will bet I know who it is
1: okay well I think it depends often like now that we're getting late in the season it depends on like do you need a guy now or do you want to stash a guy like an Alexander Madison um, but for me, like if you need a guy now, I think you turn to Cam Akers as gross as that is. He's coming off that two touchdown game and, uh, they, it's a quick turnaround. They're playing Vegas. I mean, it's risky, especially if you like need a win, but I don't know. I think he could have a good game. You you, you probably thought I was going to go Zonovan Knight, but that's who
0: I'm going with. Yeah. <laughs> and that's
1: fine. But I just think like, if you need someone, I think Akers might be a better call. Cause I think Zonovan Knight, you know, we could see Michael Carter come back, um, I don't know, it could be a little bit less clear with him. And both both are going to be risky. Like, neither of these are clear-cut to me. But
0: Well, that's I, the thing. I, I mean, like, you'll know, it was only one week that Akers was the lead back. I mean, the previous week, he played a lot fewer snaps I than Kyron Williams. So, <laughs> I know. like, you know, I don't feel like – I don't have a lot of confidence that that's going to hold over from one week to the next, you know. And uh, the Rams – it looks like maybe Bryce Perkins is going to start this week. I don't know if, if Wolford's going to be able to start. It's I mean, they're kind of, again, they're just not going to score many points. So like I, I Acres somehow scored two touchdowns last week, but I just don't see that happening. I like, I don't see the, the Rams scoring 23 points most weeks. Like I just don't buy it. So um, I, I would take Knight. I think it's a much better offense. Uh, it's not even certain that, Carter comes back this week and even if he does like you said when we were doing the the recap uh, you know I think Knight is going to maintain a a sizable role probably the primary rushing role which is actually the same situation with Akers I mean he's got the primary rushing role but he's not he's not going to be the primary receiving back you know so I actually think these guys play similar roles in their offenses but the Jets offense is just so much better
1: yeah but I mean I, I think uh I don't know. I think that Acres has a little bit better matchup because he does. You know, the Jets are going to Buffalo, so you, I don't know that they're going to score twenty points either. You know, it's, it could be a tough division game. I, I don't know. It, it's tough. I'm gonna. I already I already started putting together my week fourteen rankings, and these guys are sort of like low end uh, RB twos for me. They're they're going to be in similar areas, so it's it's tough, and it's probably going to depend on things like is Michael Carter back and, and things like that. So it's it's tough. It'll be a close call. Oh, your boy Taysom (laughs) just found the end. I'm about to
0: throw up. I'm like, (laughs) that could very well cost me a matchup. I'm facing Dalton and Taysom.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Well, those, I mean, those are my top two, though. I do have Akers number one, I have Zoneman Knight number two. And then, like I alluded to, Alexander Madison. Uh, I actually have James Cook next and then Madison because we talked about James Cook. I, I think, you know, he has a nice, nice role that he's starting to carve out. And I mean, great handcuff value for a really high octane team. If Singletary were to go down, I mean, he could be a league winner as much as Madison could if if Dalvin Cook got hurt, right?
0: Yeah, I have James Cook as my number three pick as well. I, you know, it's, it's just the question of was last week a mirage or is that going to be something to come? But like you said, either way, he ha- he also has some handcuff value, so it's yep. it's kind of the best of both worlds in that sense, and it's one of the best offenses in the league. So. um yeah, I I I James Cook was already a really good stash, but after getting fourteen carries last week, I think he's a must roster player. Yep. And then like I
1: said, it was Madison for me. After those top four, then I'm gonna consider the Seattle guys. And <laughs> then it's 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 kinda like you got DJ Dallas who's three percent rostered, you got Travis Homer who's one percent rostered. I think I would probably, you know, rank DJ Dallas as like my number five guy here and just hopes that like if Ken Walker misses DJ Dallas is healthy enough <laughs> to, to just get in there and play. But as of this recording, it's kind of hard to say who that's going to be. What do you think? Who's next for you?
0: Well, yeah, so I would take Madison, like you said. Um, again, like, it really does come down to what people are looking to do with their team. I mean, hopefully if you're cruising into the playoffs, like, you don't need to worry about these plug-and-play situations like Seattle, and you can just right. stash these high upside guys. Um, so... You know, if you if you can make room on your bench for Madison, like that's something you should always be doing every week, uh, whether you have Dalvin Cook or not. Um, I I like Ty- Tyler Algier as well, even though he's on mm. bye this week. I like I would definitely take him over the Seattle situation as well. I uh, you know I think he's uh, like I said he played more snaps than Patterson this last week, and uh, it's it's a pretty much fifty fifty committee so. Like James Cook, like he he's got some flex uh, appeal, but then also handcuff value. If Patterson got hurt, like Algier would be looking at uh, a pretty large workload, even though they would probably work in a Caleb Huntley or something like that. But um, but yeah, I think Algier should. He's a player that should remain rostered through the bye, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good call. I mean, and like you said, hopefully people are are grabbing guys to stash at this point, and you don't have to plug in and decide between Cam Akers or Zonovan Knight <laughs> this week as your RB2 or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, then there's some other names, too. I mean, I, Chuba Hubbard is a guy I still am interested in. Uh, I yeah. think he's another guy that's like a handcuff plus, you know? like Sure. Um, if uh, Deonta Foreman got hurt. Uh, and Foreman's a little banged up right now, even. So um, I think Hubbard's a guy that, that could be uh, an RB2 if, if Foreman were out. Um and uh, and maybe have some deep flex appeal, uh, even with Foreman around. And then sure. uh, Jordan Mason is like yeah. the the Christian McCaffrey handcuff at this point. So, that's... I mean, McCaffrey has a long injury history. So, yep. he's a guy... Jordan that, Mason, he yeah. was next for me, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, I mean, like, you know, I know Melvin Gordon is lurking, and he could mess this <laughs> up. But right now, it is a two-man committee in Kansas City. And I think that makes mckinnon a viable uh flex consideration as well.
1: The old 2 Man Committee in Kansas City.
0: I like it. I like the, r- the ring <laughs> to that. <them. laughs> there you go. Uh all right, wide receiver? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So f- there's some guys that are rostered in a little more than 50% of leagues that I think we should at least mention. Um Sure. My my number one would be Traylon Burks uh mm. even though he's in the concussion protocol right now like He's 58% rostered. I I still think he could be like a difference maker in the fantasy playoffs potentially. And if he does make it back this week, he gets Jacksonville, which would be mm. a great matchup. So yep. uh, I definitely would pick him up if he's available. Um, Darius Slayton is 61% rostered. He's like the clear number one wide receiver on the giants. So yep. tough matchup with Philly this week, but he should be rostered regardless. Uh, Drake London is on buy, sixty-two percent rostered, but coming off that breakout game, uh, you know, talented player, not a lot of target competition in Atlanta at this point, so he's another guy that should absolutely be held through the buy, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I would agree with those guys. I, I would agree that Traylon Burks would be my number one uh, among any of these guys we're going to talk about if available. I, I don't, I don't know that. Like it, again, it depends. Like um, Drake London. With the bye, it's kind of tough. Like, if you need someone this week, I would look at a Michael Gallup. So he's 53% rostered. So also above that threshold, but I would look at him. Uh, like we talked about, he had two touchdowns, almost three. And Dak's looking like Dak again. Uh, then I'm looking at Isaiah McKenzie at 37%. Just in this offense, just a cheap way to get a piece of this offense. And, you know, he's looked, he's produced more than Gabe Davis of late. Gabe Davis is really boomer bust. And McKenzie's been a little bit more steady the last couple of weeks, and I think if you had an injury to a Diggs or a Davis, uh, McKenzie's he would go up to like eighty, ninety percent rostered. I feel like at that point, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I like I like Isaiah McKenzie.
0: Okay, well I do have Gallup next after the top three I mentioned before Berg, Slayton, and London. I would have Gallup after those three. Yeah. Um, I have Kadarius Tony next. <laughs> and really? Yeah. I mean, I th- I feel like he and McKenzie are kind of comparable actually except Hmm. i think mckenzie is uh a little more locked into his role but that's that's like a good thing and a bad thing (laughs) you know like it's a good thing in the sense that like he's gonna have some value but it's a bad thing in in the sense that like i don't think he's gonna overtake anybody you know he's not overtaking gabe davis like davis might be a little inconsistent from week to week but like he's not stealing his job you know like whereas Kadarius tony like he could actually come in and if he's healthy, like they could, and I know that's a big if, <laughs> but yeah. they could, they could actually like craft a sizable role, like part of the game plan for him, you know, cause there still is a void in Kansas city. I feel like, uh, and again, they didn't have a huge passing game this last, this last week. So, um, I think there's there's room like we saw what Nicole Hardman was doing earlier this year, and that was more valuable than what McKenzie has done at any point this season. So Mm. uh, I feel like there's room in Kansas City for a big playmaker like Tony or Hardman. And I feel like Tony is probably going to beat Hardman back. So uh, and MVS has just not been consistent enough to do it. So uh, that's why I, I would lean Tony over McKenzie. But to me, those those two are pretty comparable
1: okay yeah i mean and you know hardman is like like you mentioned he's on the ir so you, i mean if he's out there too i suppose you could add him stash him and add tony um but you're i mean tony does have the upside but yeah the if if he can stay healthy part i mean we <laughs> he came over and and promptly got injured after what two games so we'll, we'll see if he can get on the field and stay healthy but he definitely has that that upside um next for me would be donovan people's jones 55 percent now he had his day saved by uh, I believe it was a was it a punt return or a kick kickoff return for a touchdown.
0: Punt return. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that that obviously boosted his value into like the double digits. But, you know, it's yet to be seen what Deshaun Watson will do now that hopefully he's got the rust shaken off a little bit. Um I'm sure Amari Cooper will, will be the, the wide receiver one in, in that group, um, moving forward, but we'll see. People's Jones is fifty five percent. There might be room for both of them to to kinda eat, especially since David Njoku's had a hard time staying healthy himself, you know
0: hmm Yeah. I, I guess like at this stage it's kind of like pick your pick your flavor, you know. Like I think DJ Chark is an interesting pickup. He yep. played 84% of the snaps last week, gets Minnesota this week. He's the clear number two receiver in Detroit. So, um, and he's a good player. So I think he's an interesting one. Uh he's only sixteen percent rostered too. Uh Zay Jones, fifty four percent rostered. Uh, I feel like that number is going to go down <laughs> Yeah. after last week. I feel like he's going to get dropped and probably mm-hmm. drop below 50%. He gets Tennessee this week, which is the perfect bounce back spot. So, yep. uh, like these are guys, like if you need a plug and play, like guys like Jark and Jones, Corey Davis are all names I think you can look at. Um, if you are stashing for upside, that's where I like a Tony, you know, yeah. um, uh Jahan Dotson is another stash for upside guy I talked about him before played 79% of the snaps more than Curtis Samuel talented player touchdown potential um you know there's some guys you could hold through the
1: bye like a Paris Campbell 42% you know he's been the apple of Matt Ryan's eye at times but Alec Pierce Alec Pierce got some nice downfield targets this this week so um there's guys like him like Chase Claypool would be tough to to kind of keep through the bye but You have to think that, like, especially now that they have this time during the bye, like, I think he could even be a high upside guy rest of the season, right? We talked about him the last couple weeks. If he can stay healthy, maybe he has the time this week to kind of work with fields. You know, maybe they can have some brunch or something, you know? Have a little connection.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely stash Claypool ahead of the the Colts guys because I just – the fact that it's murky again, which of those two Colts is going to be a better option, like – Yeah. And it's just a low yield offense. So, like at least Claypool's going to be the number one guy, you know. Yep. Um, so, and he's got he's got uh, red zone, clear red zone ability too. So, um, so yeah, I think I could see holding Claypool over the buy. I'd probably not. I'd probably not bother holding Pierce or Campbell over the buy. Yep. Anyone? And else? then how about Nico Collins? I mean, it's a terrible matchup yeah. against Dallas. Uh, I feel like I was on, on him earlier in the season when I had some hopes for Davis Mills, and then pretty much I'm fading all Texans at this point. So Nico's pretty far down my list, but you know, he is a Michigan man go blue. Um, (laughs) You had to get that in there. He's he's definitely did. (laughs) He's
1: next on my, he's next on my list right after a guy, Demarcus Robinson. We've talked about him a couple weeks ago. If you're picking up Tyler Huntley, maybe stack him with (laughs) a guy who's available in 88% of leagues and Demarcus Robinson, he had eight targets. Um, I mean, this is, this is like really going for it, right? Like, if you, uh, I don't know, need to try something to, to sneak in and your team stinks or something. We're getting down to like outside of like our top 10 wide receiver recommendations, at least for me at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, once you get to Demarcus Robinson, it's probably time <laughs> to move to the next position. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How about tight end? I'm, uh, I, You know who my first one is. It's Greg Dolchich. I mean, he was oh, yeah. my f- number one last week. And I think I probably – I'm hoping I get – some uh, good results in the in the accuracy competition at tight end this week because of where I had Dolchitz ranked I had him inside my top 10 uh this last week and uh he gets Kansas City this week so they're gonna need to they're gonna gonna need to throw a lot they'll still probably only score 10 points like they always do but I think (laughs) Dolchitz should be good for at least five catches
1: yeah I mean he was a top five uh tight end nearly the top tight end this week you know just with like a ho-hum stat line and so yeah, he's getting the target share. Sutton, I think, he came into the game with an illness, and then he left with a little bit of an injury. So, I mean, if it's if it's Jerry Judy and maybe Sutton's banged up and he, he sits or something, I would like Dulcich even more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's it's a no-brainer that he's number one. He was 52% rostered uh, last week, um, and then now I think he's 37%. So we said, like, he's going to get dropped because he had a kind of a bad game. So you know, pick him up and stash him. So yep, he's pick him up here at the start. Him is what I said. Well, yeah, pick (laughs) him up and start him. There you go.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: next for me is is your boy Taysom, and I will I will show you my note that I had from earlier today. I am not just changing it because he had a touchdown tonight. He's fifty percent rostered. I mean, you have to mention him here because he has that upside of that tight ends just don't really have. You know, he caught this pass tonight from Andy Dalton. He could easily run one in. He could throw one to himself. I think, although that might be against the rules yeah it's just you know Taysom you got to talk about him near the top two right
0: yeah I mean the problem is he's on bye next week but it's it's sort of like if you if you don't have a starting tight end that you like feel com- comfortable in mm-hmm. I mean he's a guy that I'm clearly going to be ranking ahead of all these streaming tight ends we're about to talk about like in weeks in the fantasy playoffs you know so like yeah. if you're hurting a tight end and you've and you have the chance to stash Taysom for week 15, 16, 17, like do it, you know, um, because he is clearly better than guys like Evan Ingram and Tyler Conklin, those types of guys. So, yeah, I I think it really comes down to, like if I have Travis Kelsey or something, like I'm not going to be holding Taysom Hill through the uh, bye week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, or Even if I have, like, you know, a mid-range tight end, you know, I could, probably if I have, like, I don't know Gerald Everett or something. I might not bother rostering uh, Taysom Hill, but, um, but yeah, I, I think like if you, if he's going to be starting for you in the fantasy playoffs, like he's definitely worth holding through the bye just to be safe.
1: Yep, I think after after this, you can you can start naming a lot of guys. But I'm just gonna go ahead and, and give my guy here. It's it's Daniel be- Daniel Bellinger um, for the for the for the Giants. I'm gonna rank him probably as a top 15 or 16 tight end this week. Um, you know, he's got a chance to be the number two target here. We talked about Darius Slayton has solidified himself as the number one target for Daniel Jones and Bellinger had that nasty freak kind of eye injury about a month or five, six weeks ago now. And he came back last week. He had, you know, some decent target share. Um, they, they could use someone like him. Uh, Daniel Jones could use like a little safety valve. And I think just down the stretch, um, I liked him coming out of college. You know, I drafted him in our dynasty Superflex league. I think he could just have nice value down the stretch. He might surprise, and you know, guys like him, Isaiah Likely. I think I think you want to take a shot on maybe a young guy if you're really, you know, just struggling at tight end, like a lot of people probably are. Th- those are the guys I'm looking for. How about you?
0: Yeah, no, I like that call a lot. Um, and along those lines, I'm also kind of interested in. Let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. <laughs> Aconquo. Uh Well, I don't know. I don't know if you're right or wrong. So good effort either way. <laughs> <laughs> well. Here's what I'll say. He's another young guy. He's extremely <laughs> yeah. explosive. Uh, he broke some big plays earlier in the season, and it, it just seemed kind of flukish. Like it was the classic, like don't chase last week's numbers kind of stat lines. Like when he had three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown in week four. Sure. went over. You know, had a 48 yard catch in week nine, a 41 yard catch in week ten. Like he was pulling down these big, a 31 yard catch in week eleven. Like it was like one big catch every week you know yeah. uh, but it didn't seem reliable at all and the titans are notorious kind of like the colts of doing this these like complicated tight end rotations that are bad for fantasy <laughs> but last week Aconquo played 58 percent of the snaps uh which is a season high for him he played more snaps than austin hooper and jeff swain for the first time and he had uh a very good game four catches 68 yards so like i think uh, this guy's good. Like if if especially if Traylon Burks is out, they're gonna need yeah. more weapons in the passing game, and I think this guy is capable of stepping up. And uh, one very interesting stat is, uh, and this is uh, courtesy of Nathan Yonke, uh, Akonquio leads all tight ends in yards per route run hmm. ahead of Travis Kelsey. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> so uh, he just wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but now that his playing time's up, like that the that ability to make big plays is going to be more of a factor so yeah. i think it, it's a total crapshoot like you said after the first you know couple tight ends maybe even including the first couple tight ends <laughs> uh yeah. so yeah i mean shoot your shot you know like i would take a conquo i'd give him a shot they're facing jacksonville like give me a give me a chance on him rather than going back to evan ingram again or tyler conklin
1: yeah, and like those are the types of guys. I mean, Noah Fant's in that group. Like we've seen him be kind of consistent this year. Like Evan Ingram, you mentioned. Like they, they're going to get you points. We talked about his teammate Austin Hooper as a guy who's going to get you three or four points. But I agree that Okonkwo could maybe break out. And you're right, with Traylon Burks potentially missing, uh, that might be a good one to just plug and play, uh, see what happens. Like you're going to get a one or a zero or something from someone else anyway. So why not take a shot on a guy with a good good matchup and a good situation? Yeah, yep. good call. Thanks. Any, yeah, and yeah, any other. Yeah, any other tight ends you want to talk about here? Like next on your list?
0: We'll Evan Ingram and talk huh? <laughs> on. No. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, yeah I you. mean I had yeah. Noah Fant on my list as well. I think he's good for like thirty or fifty yards. You just hope he gets a touchdown. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what all these all these lower end tight ends are like. So I think we can move on. All right, defense, defense. Yeah, so it's not it's not a great week for streaming defenses. Like most of the best matchups are highly rostered defenses, but yep. the Raiders do get the Rams. So. They're my number one pick for that reason. I know the the Raiders are not a great defense, but they're actually not bad. They've been generating some sacks lately, and uh, we know the Rams have that porous offensive line. They're probably going to be starting Bryce Perkins, and they have no receivers left, and it's just a good matchup for for Las Vegas.
1: Yep, I have them third. Well, I guess second, because first I have Titans. Uh, They're 31% rostered at home. I talked about this is a good bounce-back spot against the Jags, um, I don't, you know, I think they'll stop the run, I think Trevor Lawrence could make some mistakes, I mean, they struggled against Detroit, you know, and Detroit's not a good defense, so I just think, yeah, I like the Titans this week, and um, I will just point out too, I would have the Chiefs at Denver, um, they, they're 65% rostered, I would have them oh, yeah. ahead of either one of those, but, so just take a look and see
0: if the Chiefs are available. Oh yeah, Chiefs would be number one if available, I actually don't even have the Titans in my top five. Really? Yeah, I just I feel like that could be a more high scoring game. I mean, the Titans' pass defense is bad, and uh, I I know the Lions are too, but I I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to have two bad games in a row. I mean, he got mm. hurt in that game, so that might have yeah. thrown everything out of whack. You know, like I could see him having a a pretty decent bounce back against Tennessee.
1: Well, I'm curious if you have the Vikings in your top five, because I would actually stay away from them. Um, I would not play the Vikings at the Lions for all the reasons we kind of talked about with Jared Goff and the Lions being a better home team. They've scored a ton of points in a lot of matchups. I, I worry this one could be a shootout that gets out of hand. So do you yeah, have the Vikings up there?
0: I do, but only because I don't like a lot of these other options. Like, <laughs> Okay. I, I don't I don't feel super confident about them. I do think they'll give up points. Um they do have a pretty opportunistic defense, though. They tend mm-hmm. to generate a lot of turnovers, so uh, it kind of comes down to your scoring settings. Um, if it's you know most fantasy leagues, the, the scoring settings are skewed towards turnovers. So uh, if that's the case, I think they could actually be okay, just because I think they can they can generate a few turnovers, some sacks, like. But they'll give up they'll, they'll give up twenty plus points to Detroit. I feel yeah, uh, pretty likely that's going to happen. Uh, my my number two pick actually is Arizona. Yeah, I Patriots. have them up there, too. Yeah. So I know you, you were mentioning Mac Jones as a streamer. Um, I, I'm i pretty far out on him, and f- I think the Cardinals are actually a pretty underrated defensive unit. So um, I, I And they're at home, too. Patriots traveling across the country. Uh, I don't think New England's going to score a lot of points in this game.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I mean, Cardinals are coming off a bye, uh, so they have even more time to prepare. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this one... I see this one as a little bit more high-scoring. But like you said, you could also have some turnovers and things like that. Um, that's really – the next one I had on my list was the Steelers. Me just too. Just because they've been, they've been playing a little bit better lately. They get the Ravens without Lamar. I mean, we talked about Huntley as a pickup. But at the same time, like the Ravens – I mean, even when Lamar was in there, they were struggling to move the ball. And then when Huntley came in, you know, they, they did okay. But, it was, I mean, it was the last, the last drive uh, for them where they pulled it out and had that touchdown-winning drive. Otherwise – they were stuck at what three points the whole game, so they didn't really move the ball. So, this is going to be I mean, these two teams, it really doesn't matter what the records are and what the teams are. This is often just like a grinded out kind of game. And I don't know what the weather's like, but that could factor into it too. Uh, now that we're here in December,
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. I think, uh, I like Huntley can get his points from running by for 40 50 yards, but like I don't think the Ravens are going to score a ton of points. I mean, Yeah, it's just it's been a slog for them all year, and now on their backup quarterback. I mean, maybe Huntley breathes some life into them. Who knows? But yeah, uh, I you know I I I I see that being a pretty low-scoring game on both sides. Uh, And then you you know Cincinnati, (laughs) I mean, you know the way Deshaun Watson looked last week, (laughs) like, and the and the Bengals have a really good pass defense too. So uh, you know I I mean I'm sure the Browns will will put up some points through the running game, but. I you know I, if if you're desperate, I, I feel like this is the time to pick on Deshaun Watson when he looks uh, this rusty.
1: No, that's a good call. I might have them in my top twelve for that reason. I mean, there's like you said, this is a this is a week where the Cowboys, the Bills, the Bucks, you know, the Niners, like th- these guys are all these are all roster. The Eagles, I'm, I'm probably gonna have all of them in my top five or ten. So yeah, these are that's a, that's a, the Bengals are a team that you can you can find on the waiver wire, and uh, yeah, he he, he, might, he might still look rusty. Um, so what about kickers you got any uh, kickers you want to throw at us
0: oh you know I've always got kickers so (laughs) well we were just talking about that Steelers Ravens game I feel like that's going to be a field goal kind of a game and Matthew Wright is the field goal king right now he yeah he has 12 field goals in his last four games (laughs) that's a lot of field goals so uh (laughs) yeah I mean this guy's this guy's putting up huge numbers right now. I mean, I feel like back in the Ben Roethlisberger days, like the Steelers always went for two all the time. So yeah. having their kicker wasn't so great back then. But uh, it's a different era now with Kenny Pickett. And uh, uh, Matthew Wright is, has been a, a sneaky, valuable fantasy kicker over the last month. Okay, uh, And then I'm just going to go back to my bread and butter picks. Jason Myers is still not rostered enough. Only 51%. Uh, Seahawks get Carolina, so should be. Uh, I know I said they'd have favorable game script against the Rams, and it didn't work out quite as much in that regard, but he still had a good game,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he should have another good game at home against Carolina, I would say. Uh, and then Graham Gonneau, Uh it's a tough matchup with Philly, but that could be a field goal game for, for the Giants, and uh, he's just uh, he's a weapon. I mean, he can kick really long field goals, and uh, it's just kind of almost a matchup-proof kicker.
1: Mm, that one, that one does worry me though, just because the Eagles seem like they can just go out there and blow anyone out. Any, I mean, like I thought that Titans game would be closer, and I, that one, that one worries me. I like your other two, but and Graham Gano has had some good games, and maybe, maybe they'll keep it close. But I mean, he's had
0: almost that, no bad games. The only bad yeah. games he's had two bad games. One of them was in Week Eleven when it was like that crazy wind in, in New Jersey that was uh-huh. like making it impossible, and he missed it. I think he missed two extra points in that game. <laughs> uh, and then the other one was in week one. So other than that, I mean, he's pretty. he's been really consistent. I mean, he put up good numbers against Dallas at Dallas. I mean, uh, he yeah. put up good numbers uh, both times against Dallas, actually, and against Baltimore, against Seattle. You know, he's faced some good teams, uh, Green Bay, so I don't not know not a good team. <laughs> well, not, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, but I'll I'm just, you know what I'll
1: take your I'll take your kicker advice. I'll I'll trust you when it comes to kickers, Andrew.
0: I, I mean, let's put it this way: Graham Gano is like the Marcus Mariota of kickers. Like <laughs> nice. he'll be in the top fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. All right. I think that that's uh, that's about as much time as we should spend talking about kickers. So yeah, uh, I felt uh, there was a bit much on. already. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening uh bart and i will have our week 14 rankings up at rosrankings.com later in the week we'll also be doing another pod on wednesday night uh to preview all of the week 14 action uh if you have any waiver wire questions you can reach out to us on twitter i am at andrew underscore seifter
1: and i am at barton wheeler we appreciate everyone listening to the podcast if you like the show please follow subscribe rate and review we are out of here
0: we gone You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.